G'day, it's Clairzy here. These are the best bits of today's Clairzy, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5. Now, Dead Set legend, mate, Adrian Barrich is with us, uh, preparing for that big lunch for the Kids Appeal, which kicks off at 7. The lunch is at Mosman's next Wednesday. Yep, be there. There'll be lots of sporting legends. And, Adrian, I said to you that I was going to bring the conversation back to me. Huh. This, are you there, dude? Yeah, mate. Yeah. All right. Now, you as a football player would have had cortisone injections, right? Like to get you yeah. back out on the field. Like, if, and people that, that don't understand, I've only just been introduced to this because my mum's had it for her elbow and blah blah. And I've got uh, a couple of bad knees, and I wanted to go. I went to the doctor before I went to Singapore. I said, "I'm going to do a lot of walking. Can I get a cortisone injection?" And he goes, "No way. You got to go through the MRI, the this and the that." Football players immediate uh, uh, sorted it out. We've got to get you back on the ground in the next half. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, MRIs are, are amazing, actually. Those guys, if they break a nail, they basically get a scan nowadays. It's, <laughs> it's actually incredible how much uh, time they spend uh, getting their bodies looked at, uh, hamstrings, muscles, uh, bones, everything. And then if they do need a cortisone to pull back the inflammation, they'll do that. The toughest ones I find is the painkillers uh, during the game. Because, you know, your body's telling you don't go out there. That's mm. what pain's for. It's to tell you to stop, right? Yep. And so they override that with a painkiller so you can play out the match. And I've always thought, geez, that's dodgy down the track. Because you don't think about it, but down mm. the track, when you're my age, that's when you go, I wish I didn't have all those painkillers. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's where we're coming from, dodgy down the track, is that uh, Les Fong and I had two knees, and I remember him hobbling like I'm starting to hobble as well. Mm. Um, do you know players that, that suffered this repercussion because of the painkillers and the going Oh, forward? mate, mate, there's guys who at, at, at under 40 who have had hip replacements, yeah. AFL yeah. players like Marcus Ashcroft, you know, Brisbane three-time premiership player, he's had his hips replaced um, and has artificial ones because of pushing his body beyond the limit. That's what professional football is about, pushing your body beyond where it should go uh, mm. for the enjoyment for the enjoyment of other people. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know it's I mean? entertainment. All about running. <laughs> Tell you what, too, while you're playing as well, you're already thinking, well, what am I going to do after the game in terms of education or do I start a business or, you know, some sort of skill set outside footy, but then you don't know what kind of body you're going to be working with then either. Yeah, you've got to be so careful now, Kim, and nowadays. If I was advising a young person nowadays, I'd say, look, I know it's tempting to sort of push your body beyond where it should go, but try to have some sort of balance. They do get a lot of support, though, as well. And um, mm. I think you were mentioning that Hayden Ballantyne's out and the way the pay structure is. They do continue to get paid because most players now get paid like a flat amount. So the average pay payment is uh, per year is about $280,000 a year. Okay, so the average player would get $280,000 a year when, uh, and even rookies get $60,000 first year out, mm. which is mm. more, than, more than rookie doctors get, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah right. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad start. And then on top of that, Claire, you get paid match payments. You might get between two and $4,000 a match payment, which you won't get if you're injured. Yep. And in your contract, then you have things like if you win the Brownlow medal, like Fifey probably gets an extra 50000 if you win Whoa, the Brownlow really? Medal. Wow, that's big. That's why he was so filthy last year when he got suspended. I think they gave him the subs uh, vest at one stage. Mate, uh, I just want to know, I've seen some players over the time, and I see, I know Dean Solomon when he was playing with the Dockers, and you know, these tough blokes like Anthony Grover, and these guys played with broken hands and things like that. And that is obviously not a good thing, but they don't tell anyone. If they can avoid telling the doctors, they and they, they head back out there. Courageous, stupid, what do you think? Well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, um, 
you know, if you, if you get caught out by the coach and yeah. you let the team down, uh, you're actually, you know, you, you, your main focus is supposed to be the team, isn't it? So you shouldn't really be trying to look after yourself ahead of the team. But, you know, there's guys who, who well, Ryan Crowley's an example. He had a bad back and he went mm. outside the system because he didn't really, I, I guess, want the club to know how bad it was. And so he was getting uh, extra work elsewhere. And, uh he got he got caught out because he uh, he tested positive. So yeah, it's tricky. It's your career, and you so most people do anything to sort of sustain their career and keep their spot in the team and not miss out on particularly on history. With the Dockers are heading for history this year. First could be the first ever premiership for the Fremantle Dockers. What would you do for that, Clancy? Uh, oh, I'd probably I'd pay uh, a lot of money. Go get a pill from Mum. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shane Warne. Shane Warne Hey, thanks, Barrow. We appreciate uh, sort of looking, getting a window in behind the scenes of the AFL. Good on you guys. And Shane, I hope your mum's going well. All the best. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Barra joining us there. It's Clazy, Shane and Kimper here. And it is a big moment because we're almost there. It is uh, 2015 Mix 94.5 Kids Appeal with Telethon. We want that phone to start ringing as soon as we can. Mm, let's kick it off really well. And <laughs> yeah, the number's 1300-737-507 or head in store to your local Woolworths. And just after 8 o'clock, we'll have someone from Woolies to... Uh, Kickstart those uh, those donations. And across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to parents of sick children mm. and why you need to uh, really have a good look at uh, what's going on in Perth because it, it, it is very confronting to see sick kids. Yeah. Mm, very yeah. much so. But we're doing everything we can and uh, everyone was so fantastic last year. So we'll follow through shortly, tell you more about it. Yeah, tangible evidence of buying essential equipment for the kids and families at uh, PMH. Get into it. The juice. the details. Tell you what, things aren't going so great for Bobby Brown at the moment. After the sad death of his daughter, Bobby Christina, last week, Bobby Brown's wife, Alicia Etheridge, was rushed to hospital um, because she had a seizure straight after the funeral. Mm. So they were at Bobby Christina's funeral, then then she's had a seizure and uh, they had to rush her to hospital, but she is recovering. But she only gave birth to Bobby Brown's uh, second child, a little girl, three weeks ago. Um, so she's she is recovering, but it's all just been a, a lot for that family. And apparently now, to make it worse, Bobby Christina's families, like both sides, are fighting over her $20 million inheritance. Please. So it's just a total mess, absolute mess. Uh, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan are expecting a baby. She's pregnant with a little girl, but they haven't announced a due date. And devastatingly... They said that they've actually suffered three miscarriages over the past two years, and uh, he says he's going to keep talking about it because he said they felt like they were the only ones going through it because mm. it's quite common, but people aren't talking about it because it's so awful. Mm. He said, I just want to try and offer some hope to people and reach out a bit. Okay, so, let's get something nicer. Like, yeah, so <laughs> Shay doesn't like it when I do Death, depressing things. Oh, uh, I know, but sometimes you know, born, these things you know, And we got something nice. Look, after a thousand musicians got together and played Foo Fighters, learned to fly in a bid to get the Foo Fighters to play in their city in Italy. Dave yep. Grohl has responded in the most respectful way possible. This is what he had to say. Ciao, ci sei now. Sono Davide. Ciao. Mi dispiace, non parlo italiano. Solo un po'. Isn't that lovely? Uh, like he, he just said, you rock, we rock, we no. want to rock. You know what? Italiano, <laughs> eh? Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. He records yeah. a message saying, look, my Italian's yeah. not amazing, yeah. uh, but thank that you so bad. much. Pretty much a slow news week when that's all I've seen on social media yeah. is that thing. I'm just going, for God's sake, move so on. So many gaps in social media. He's sort of like the Ryan Gosling of the musician world. Like everyone just, you know, everyone thinks Dave Grohl's the nicest guy and they keep talking about it. But the Hugh Jackman of rock, actually. But yeah, perhaps. Yeah, he said mm, he is going to go and uh, tour there. They'll be seeing 
seeing him soon, so it worked. And the footage of the Thousand Musos is at mix.com.au, so go and see why Dave Grohl was so humble. So Bronwyn Bishop doesn't make the juice this morning? No. No. Oh, she's Sorry. in showbiz. Oh, hey, Madam, Madam Speaker, Madam Speaker. What a joke. Uh, looking for a replacement in the House of Reps. Maybe Clyde Palmer could take the gig. Helmet hair. Hey, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you have children, they're, uh, they're born very small. Uh, they're called children. Um, and you have a puppy dog and they're born small and both uh, situations and in fact the, the older I get uh, I'm getting into that situation no bladder control right there's nothing <laughs> Sorry, going you, on yourself but or? going forward <laughs> my dog doesn't like getting her feet wet mm. now with uh, the winter months and that she's been toilet trained she does have a sensibility around it I think I have a sensibility I don't like getting my feet wet either but I've got this grass area at the back and she just you know, jobs under the pool table. There she goes. Aww. Next to a, a pot plant. Yeah. I, I watch her. I actually watch her, and there's no way. I've got wood decking, lovely wood decking. No way you should whiz on wood decking. No. No. Right? No. no. You're from, not made for it. From the verb we, mm. she whizzed. Uh-huh. And that's been a constant because she doesn't like getting her feet wet. Because you know why? Yeah. She's a schmoodle. Mm. Yeah. She's a schmoodle. <laughs> She's a little bit little and fussy. So I went to the uh, the place that sells dog toilets, and it cost me 160 bucks. and this is like a grass little catchment area, and underneath, it's like a functioning uh, toilet. Right. Um, and what they do is they, they give you a, a bottle, which is quite large. It's about half a litre bottle of... Um, it's like called uh, uh, the wee, wee Whisperer. Right. Oh. So you put it onto the grass and the dog is immediately attracted to it because it wants to do toilet there. Gotcha. a whole heap of All ammonia right. in it. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those bottles, gets blah, blah, blah. It's it gets them in. supposed yep. to. It costs as much probably as the toilet itself. Right. right. So I go and put all this uh, wee stuff on there and she's not using it. Like it's this is like an investment of two hundred bucks, mate. It's not like the dog like is the cheap. The dog is not, and the dog cost me two grand. I was going to say, like I'm over, I'm over this dog, like you wouldn't believe. Four hundred times how much the dog cost yeah. you? Yeah. Does it no. depend where you put it, Shane? Like, would she rather we in the living room? Like, if you put it in the living room, is that going to be a more effective place? Um, well, it's got a doggy door, so it goes in and out, but uh, it doesn't appreciate get, getting its paws wet when it's raining. <laughs> Can you please tell me that you weren't <laughs> a- attracted to that smell and you want to wee there? Well, what's <laughs> happened, this is the other thing. I had the bottle in the laundry yeah. and uh, I went to get it again because I thought, I'm, I'm, you know, it cost me a lot of money. I'm going to try and get the dog back, in, back into the, uh, the portable toilet. Yeah. I look in the laundry and the bottle's fallen over and it's, it's leaked all over the joint. Oh. So I've got the bottom shelf yeah. of, uh, underneath my sink in the laundry has just got um, a, a poo, poo attractant. I don't know. <laughs> what, what is that? Is that's a word or a, oh. some kind of vocabulary? It is now. But I, the dog doesn't go under there either. No. But I did catch my son there on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. The best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5.